You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Joel Peter Witkin. Joel, we talked once before. This is, in a sense, part two of the interview. Earlier, um, I interviewed you this year, and we talked about very beginning work to earlier work that was from a show. And, and today we're going through 12 images that... Um, as, as we discussed between us in preparing this, um, images that are that are perhaps more more difficult um, and and weren't exhibited in the last show. So um, right. So thank you, Joel, for talking with me today. My pleasure. Let's talk about Corpus Medius. That's the one from Paris, 2000. We're we're looking at the the lower half of a of a corpse, correct? Right. Uh, can I read what I've written? Sure. Okay. I stapled the drape and moved the table in front of the body, then looked into the camera. The table had to be angled to receive the body. The body was then placed on the table. All that had to be done was to cross the feet. When I did that, the body for me became the body of Christ. I do not know why the body was cut in half. I assumed it was for research. To me, this image is a religious work of art Worthy of being shown in a church or cathedral, and and it's a religious work of art because of the symbolism of Christ. Um, but also, this is the first image we're looking at using um, a body parts or corpse. How did you take this image? Where did you uh, where do you find these these corpses and get permission to use them? Well, this was Paris, and it was the office of the me- medical investigator, and. Um, uh, there were phone calls made to the office, and uh, they agreed for me to photograph uh, certain specimens. And you know why certain specimens they agreed to and not others? Well, that's up to them. I mean, they, it was their um, uh, responsibility, you know, to uh, I get and their ability to basically determine which ones, uh, which bodies I'd photograph. I never questioned that because I was very, very pleased to, to be doing the work. So your studio in these was the office of the medical investigator? Uh, they're the ones that put this together, yeah. So let's talk about the next one, a 26-year-old, um, I believe it's an overdose, right, in New Mexico. Right. This is a 1982 right. image. 1982. And uh, <clears throat> I wrote that uh, she was already autopsied by the office of the medical investigator, her body looked neglected, even brutalized. I placed a white sheet on the table, then told the two lab assistants to place her body on it. I propped a head onto a wooden form that was in the lab and arranged her hair so that her left eye was covered. I then positioned her breast and her right hand. Her hand had all the elegance of a hand about to be kissed. And let's, let's talk about this one. So this is now not Paris. This is New Mexico. And so it was the same approach. You, you, you go to the approach, the office of the medical investigator and ask if you can make images there. Exactly. But, you know, uh, bear in mind, this was 41 years ago. And it Which means what? Who... That's not, that's not possible now. I'm not saying that, but uh, I think it's, uh, Maybe not possible, but it's. it's uh, I feel it'd be 
very, very conservative and hard to do, if at all. Um, and uh, the uh, person in charge uh, was open to what I wanted to do, and that was very, very unique and, and I should say rare. But you also found that in Paris, right, they were also open to what you wanted to do. Right, even, even more so, you know, from the get-go. So let's talk about the next image, Feast of Fools. This is another one um, that I believe you made in the same medical examiner's office in Mexico in 1990. Yeah, Mexico City. Yeah. And uh, should I read what I wrote? Sure. Uh, I met with the doctor in charge of the Office of Medical Investigators in Mexico City. I was shown a refrigerated trailer full of unclaimed bodies. I was also shown some drawers that were not refrigerated where body parts were being stored. The next day I came back to the morgue and chose a severed hand, an arm, a severed leg, a foot, and an autopsy infant. Earlier that morning I had gone to the Mercado and bought pounds of different fruits, pomegranates, grapes, apples, blackberries, and pears. I also bought an octopus and crabs, then found a few sticks of wood to hold up the leg and arm. This could be the most vile still life ever created because it was made from real objects. It took courage and art to make this photograph indelible, even beautiful. The forms around the edges were made of various household material. Uh, such as so, uh, soy sauce, molasses, salt, which were placed on the, a piece of glass, which I placed on top of the photographic paper before printing. And and so when you made these prints, these are all unique prints, actually, because of how you're producing them. Yeah, it, they're uh, they're addition, but uh, you you can't make them the same. But the the way of working was the same for all, so there were there were variations, but very close variations. So how was it in this particular one? You know this this idea of you know choosing body parts from uh, from storage at a morgue seems like a very challenging task in itself. And as you're saying at the end, this this artwork took a lot of courage to make this. What was it like for you to be choosing uh, body parts in a morgue? I would think that's, that's very difficult. It's, it's still difficult for me to, to look at all these images easily um, without, without feeling a little um, almost, almost nauseous, you know, that it's, that it's a difficult subject to look at so, so clearly. So right. how is it well, choosing these objects? For me, it was a great uh, aesthetic opportunity. And it was uh, an aesthetic opportunity uh, to deal with subject matter that is horrible in, in, in a, a real sense and still to make it profound and, and uh, beautiful. And that was my, my challenge. And um, uh, I think few people could do this. Few people would have the, uh, the guts or the courage to make something that vile beautiful. And I, I think uh, this photograph, Lisa Fools, um, is, uh, I think, a very important photographic still life. And I was, I was uh, amazed uh, when I was putting these elements together, the, 
the leg, the foot, the octopus, the the child. Uh, it was it was uh, very very um, emotional, but it was aesthetically emotional, and uh, I wouldn't say it was enjoyable. I would say it was profoundly uh, uh, complex, and and uh, it it basically took everything I had within me as an artist to put the, the factors together and compose them. But I did that very, very quickly. I, it was like I, I was made to, to make this photograph. And let's talk about the next one, which is, which is quite different, um, Harvest Philadelphia. Um, this yeah. one was, um, if, if you want to uh, tell me the description of this one, um, because this one isn't made with body parts. Right. right, it was made at the Muta Museum, uh, that's Mother or Muta, and German Museum in Philadelphia. Uh, it's an, actually a, a wax model used for medical teaching purposes, and it was made by a company in Paris in the late 1800s. And it is so lifelike and atomically correct, uh, showing the lymph nodes along the face and neck. And as I did in Mexico City, I went to a famous, a huge food market that was nearby and brought fruit, flowers, and vegetables. Uh, the a result, I feel, is an image that is reminiscent of an Archimboldo painting where Archimboldo composed a face out of fruit, plants, and organic matter. Uh, this photograph was shown in 2022 an exhibition of still lifes at the Louvre Museum, along with the referenced Archimboldo painting. And yeah, this is this is the you know unique in this sense that it it does look like in in the context of what we're talking about, it does indeed look like a, a part of a corpse, though, correct? Right, absolutely. And uh, but the thing is this that um, and and this is this is key. I feel that it's myself and my my sense of art uh, that I can change something that's uh, almost, you can say, uh, strange or even repulsive into something beautiful uh, and poetic. Well, it, um, this one also looks, um, I mean, it could be, you talk about beauty and poetics um, as opposed to religion. The The others that we've been talking about um, and, and you've noted have, have sometimes religious overtones. This one seems almost heroic. Uh, right, or, or kind of uh, legendary in, in that sense. Uh, it's, it's mystical uh, because uh, you're looking at uh, something that is, I think, very, very um, aesthetic and wonderful, and yet uh, it, people can, can think of it as, as horrific. Um, but it, it has a tradition in art, and uh, I think that uh, my approach to making this photograph of Harvest is um, the result is making something is that is um, uh, beautiful and uh, I would say legendary because I've taken these um, aspects of it, uh, you know, the uh, the remains what looks like the remains of a person uh, um, and and designed it with fruits and vegetables into a, a poetic object. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a, indeed, and and um, let's let's talk about the next one. It's called Glassman, which is a unique diptych. Um, this is just one image. Uh, well, it's two images, but unique, and um, and it's called the before and after in Mexico. And I um, to 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 I'll speak if you want from your from your text here, which says you went to Mexico City's office of the medical investigators morgue in 1994. And the dead man in this image was a known criminal who was stabbed to death. You photographed him before his autopsy, seated in a chair, holding a fish in his lap. Then after the autopsy, I photographed him without the mask. When I did this, when you did this, he looked like a martyred saint, yeah, especially in the second image after, uh, after the autopsy, right? That's what you're saying? He looks like San Sebastian or something. Right. Uh, which, which means that when... An autopsy could be a way of beautification, but in this case it was. Uh, something incredible happened uh, between, you know, the left and the right. Um, I was challenged when I, I saw, uh, you know, the body that I, I had placed on a chair uh, by, by two lab assistants and uh, first put a mask on him to show something that was pretty neutral. And the image on the right is, is something that I was basically uh, free to do using the same corpse, uh, but after the autopsy, of course. And um, uh, I stuck around um, uh, so I can receive the body after the autopsy. And then he was placed on that chair. And... Um, uh, it was very powerful aesthetic, um, uh, and I, I should say a very, very beautiful and profound uh, experience for me. Uh, here uh, is a, a body that was opened up and put back together again, stitched up, and um, placed on a chair for me. And um, I, I positioned the, the, the head, the hands, and the angle of the body but it was though so, something profound and beautiful happened uh, between the first image and the second image. And um, it, it was a response that was aesthetic and poetic and powerful. It's about death uh, and the way death looks like. And uh, it's, it's really one of my favorite uh, photographs. And, it's basically an adventure in, in courage and art for me to have done this. Well, it's also one of the most religious, right? I mean, I mean, maybe I'm overstating that, but we, we talk about religion, you know, this time and also last time, the, the idea of him going from a kind of masked man to someone who looks, yeah, uh, martyred, beatific almost, his, his gaze even right. in the one after autopsy is almost... Um, is that the word beatific? Like looks enlightened, like he's seeing. Um... Well, as I said, uh, he looked like a modern saint. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And th the next one is called um, "Head of a Dead Man, Mexico." And and you wrote about this that the man was dead. You cut a hole in the table for his head, then cut the plate so that the head from the camera view looked as right. if it was severed. Um, so yeah, this is, this is also, uh, um, 
yeah, a, a very different one as opposed to the rest, and also very much in some ways about the identity of, of the person, it almost seems that, um, like the one previous, we know that was a specific criminal. This also right. looks like, you know, easily identifiable, specific person. Well, uh, it was 33 years ago, and I believe um, he was found in the street. So uh, there was no... Uh, reference to, you know, who he was. Uh, he was, it's just a, it was just a body that was found dead, a corpse. Mm. And uh, the body, the head is not severed, of course. Um, the body was complete. I cut a hole in the table for his head and cut the plate so that the head from the camera view looked as though it was severed. I see, I see, and and this was also in um, in Mexico City. This was in the, in, the, in the medical examiner's office. That one, right? But the, but the way I arranged the um, the fabric, uh, it it basically doesn't have a sense of place. It's the it's the the object itself that's uh, centered and foremost. And actually, the any condition of of where it could be is is uh, it's mystical you know it, it's a it's a um, a mystery and i like that i like that too i i mean this one also is um you know something about it also seems to be almost from a story right i think of judith and holofernes you know like someone's head being served on a platter to right. a king or, or something like that right it has that kind of that trophy, reference yeah. as well Yep. And and the next one, which seems fitting, is a little bit later, 1993, called Man Without a Head in, in Paris. And, um, right. and the text you wrote for this was, was that his head was removed for research purposes and, and his socks were left on because the French believe it comforts his dead. It comforts the that's, dead. And, you know, and you also, I, I yeah. have to stop you there because that's very, very true of the French. They have... Uh, these very odd kind of semi-poetic beliefs about things. And um, uh, in this case, I was uh, amazed, you know, when they brought the, the body was on a table, a gurney, and it had socks on. And uh, I, I said to myself, it makes, you know, the, the, the body seem as though it it's, was, you know, alive uh, maybe yesterday. You know, and the, the fact that they left the, the socks on, uh, it basically is a comfort to the dead person. I, I think that's incredible. I don't think the Germans would do that, for instance. <laughs> but the French have their ways about things. And in this case, it was fantastic because it, it makes the viewer uh, feel perhaps that... Uh, it just it compounds the mystery of why the heck this new big man is, is sitting on this chair. And I positioned his hands, and they were incredible. I mean, because when, when the body was put on, on the chair, before that I had put a, a, a fabric on the chair uh, so that it looked mystical where he was sitting. It's part of the photograph, part of the, the different forms. And then I positioned his hands and uh, his right leg I pushed further out than the left 
and uh, even even the the people who handled the the corpse uh, were fascinated because uh, this particular man, this dead man, uh, seemed to be uh, helping me position his body. It was just fantastic, and um, it was something uh, an experience I'll never forget. And uh, the photograph, I think, is a profound photograph. Uh, it's about the end of life, and it's about uh, the possibility of, of the mystery of the end of life and suffering, and the fact that he's wearing socks is is so. Um, it, it represents comfort. If if he weren't wearing socks, it would be a, a scene of brutality. I think it's just it's crazy, but the socks uh, change it. And you see the blood on the ground because as they lifted the body to set it down, some of the blood from the neck just poured down on the floor. And, and this is also in the medical investigator's office? Um, boy, it's, so, it's 30 years ago. I believe it was. And, and and you also made a note on this image that you don't see his body as some horror. Uh, instead, you see it as a former container of the soul. Is that because people have had that reaction to it? Why why that note that you don't see it as a horror? I mean, I understand. Initially, you show an image like this to someone, and perhaps they'll think this is this is a horror. Um, is 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 that what you're responding to? What people might or have said about the image? No, it was it was what I I always thought. Um, I mean, uh, it's a very, very personal response. I think that the work I do is not to shock. Uh, it, it's to present uh, a quality of, of being that is uh, unusual. You can say shocking if you want to, I guess. But it has to be, it has to be aesthetic and beautiful, and it's almost legendary to me, uh, this photograph. It's a mystery. I mean... How come the head is removed? You know, uh, why the socks on? The gesture of his, of his hands as though he's speaking or thinking. Um, it's something that all comes together um, in, in the photograph and uh, where I position the camera, how I printed it, how I uh, darkened the, the bottom, etc. cetera. Uh, all these things uh, relate to the the beauty of this image and the wonderment of being uh, alive and dead. And um, uh, it's as though the dead body or the person is somehow uh, communicating to the viewer, and, which is impossible, but it, it, it's, you know, aesthetics change the possible. Absolutely, yeah. That's so interesting to talk I about. It, and I think I'm just going to say, I, this is, I think, one of my best photographs ever. I mean, it's classic. I mean, it. Uh, I, I see this uh, as uh, a beautiful, beautiful, profound photograph of humanity. In this case, the 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 end of life, but it's done in a way that is, I wouldn't say uh, horrible. I would say it's. Uh, mystical and profound and heroic and uh, it's something that when you see it you don't forget it 
Absolutely, yeah. So, well, so many of the images we're looking at are like that, kind of unforgettable images. And then the next one is, is Prudence, uh, Paris. And this is 1996. And this is also using um, a live model as well as part of a corpse. Is that correct? Right. It's a severed head. And, um, and I, you know, yeah. The, the strange thing is that uh, she knew, I explained to, to her, she spoke English or French, of course, but um, what I wanted to do, and um, I got the gloves for her. She's holding a little kind of, uh, I don't know what it is, a little kind of form. It's kind of like, um, oh, what can that be? Um, not a snake, but she's holding some, something that was alive um, and wasn't. Uh, I, I have no idea. It doesn't come to, to mind. It was 27 years ago what that was. But it's a real form of something. Uh, it's not a snake, but it's some sort of a small little animal. Like a lizard or something. A what? Like a lizard, a small lizard or something. No, no it's, it's like it's like a, a, a little a lizard. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But it's a small little thing. Um, right. And... Oh... A big worm could be. I think so. Uh, that Cynthia was making a note. I think it could be a, a worm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, because a lizard or something else would be more rigid, a worm is softer. So I think let's call it a worm. <laughs> okay, a, a worm it is, and it looks like it's it's kind of a dried worm or something, right? Or is it alive? Right. Yeah, but it, it's it's an element in the photograph, and it's mystical. And it, it has a mystery uh, as uh, profound, I think, as the severed head. Now, you know, the, the model, through a translator, she spoke only French, had to be told through my English and through the French to her uh, what I wanted. I, I showed her a little sketch and uh, I heard it being made. And she understood that the the fabric around her face and neck was hiding the uh, uh, structure. The, the uh, Actually, they were a leather, leather uh, string uh, of, uh, that was attached to the, the back of the severed head's um, head. Um, and that was anchored to her forehead and the white fabric, uh, of course, covered that up. And the two little creatures on top uh, were bats. Yeah, were bats, two little bats. And I think there's a, uh, a little bit of uh, leaves, too, that I added that look good uh, together. And um, But anyway, what I have written uh, is that Prudence means being careful about your choices, stopping and thinking before acting. Uh, when you're prudent, you are not taking unnecessary risks and not saying or doing things that you might later regret. But in this photograph, the model is not being prudent. A calm, introspective expression belies the fact that she has willingly allowed a dead man's head to be strapped to the back of her head and she kept calm, even when drops of blood from the severed head dripped down her back. So, you know, she's, 
she has guts. Um, and and it was fantastic. Now, this is 27 years ago, made in Paris. And uh, I don't know if I paid her or that later on she received a gift card. I don't know. It's one of the two. And the severed head comes from where? This is in, also in a medical examiner's office because it looks like there's a there's a set almost. There's a backdrop, a, a curtain behind right. her. Right. It was. Yeah. It doesn't. A take medical exam. Yeah. The, the painting was there. I you know, I uh, uh, put it up on the wall, and she's sitting down on a kind of a bench that I you know I left partly. Uh, uh, you can see it, and then. I didn't like her legs being shown at the bottom, so I took uh, another bench and, and angled it so it became this kind of mysterious line that works very, very well. That's very interesting. Yeah, it does feel almost like a formal uh, studio portrait with that, um, with that background. Right, and of course um, I lit it. It's only lit with one light. Hmm. Because there was plenty of light that you can see it on the uh, right hand side uh, coming in from the the edge of the fabric that's turned up a little bit, just with one light, right? So yeah, so that's also the, the that, issue that in in all of these. Pressure. These are interiors that you have to light in most cases. Right, but that in, in, there's a crescent shape above her head that I actually made that in printing. I made that form. Huh. And of course, in you made that by by burning and dodging kind of thing. So no, on the negative. I actually uh, put that in the negative by you scratch. Uh, Do you scratch in the negative? It's it's not so much of a scratch, but I used uh, something to. It's almost like it's burnished in. Uh, yeah, so interesting um, on the negative itself and. And, uh, and and the next one, we have a, a few more to talk about, um, three more images. The next one is a, a self-portrait, right? It's called Myself as a Dead Clown, and this was done in Paris in 2007. And, and, and I believe of the whole series we're talking about, this is, this is the most recent one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's talk about this. Is this also a corpse in here that you're, that you're using? Yes, it, it's a corpse, and uh, the I don't know why the the chest was um, um, the skin was removed that way, and yet the it looks strange because it looks as though it's blown up, you know. Uh, but I didn't question that. I, I liked the way the um, the autopsy body looked, and I made basically decisions ahead of time. Uh, you know, the props that I would use for the photograph. Um, the What I did is uh, the cost was put on this table and I arranged the, the, the sheet so that it was an interest, more interesting form than just hanging straight down. And then I had these props ready, those uh, uh, the headpiece that covers the face, um, the, uh, the little... Um, penis that sits on the headpiece or the face piece and um, I don't know because it's been years and years ago uh, I opened his mouth or maybe the mouth was already opened because the, the teeth look as though they're all 
crazy. I, had, I don't remember what happened to his teeth, but that's what it looked like when the cross was put on the table. The mouth was open, and they were like uh, uh, pieces of, of, of teeth showing. I like that. It was better mm-hmm. having those lines, uh, those forms, than just a, a, a gaping mouth. And so, and so there's, this is really kind of a, a story, right? This is one of the more kind of elaborate constructions with the, or maybe not elaborate, but with it, with that whole headpiece. And this is, you know, the only self-portrait we're talking about. Um, you you write, because I'm a clown in life, uh, you call it myself as a dead clown, Um but but what does that mean exactly? It's also a little a little different as an as a self portrait, just in the tradition of self portraits. You know, this is one in death, which is which is fitting here, but but also um <clears throat> has all these additions of, of being a clown and, and I, I, I wouldn't but think I, of you as, right as a clown. That, um because I'm a clown in life dash seeking always dash the redemption of Christ. Uh, because uh, the only way I can take what happens in life in my personality is to uh, uh, to be kind of uh, amused about day-to-day experiences, uh, certainly not history, but uh, uh, I'm a happy person. <laughs> and that's why the, the clown, uh, as myself, uh, is basically laughing and, and basically thinking and, and seeing even though his eyes are covered. Uh, and that, that to me is a, a big connection with myself. I think that um, an artist, a visual artist, uh, perceives more than uh, the regular person, hopefully, and uh, can uh, create images that have meaning and depth and and relate to the history of the time uh, that the work was made. Yeah, and the, and the and the time was made. I mean, you also say uh, that explains the clown in life, but then you say seeking the redemption of Christ. Um, that your your attitude towards life and your sense of humor, or that you're a happy person, is is clear in this. Seeking the redemption of Christ is, of course, about some of the religious overtones in all of these. Um, but that sounds yeah, like you mean I that even more specifically. Yeah, uh, and that by that I mean that like uh, many, many um, um, paintings and artworks in history that are religious, um, we live in an age that is not that religious at all. Uh, but I basically create, in this case, an image that is religious. Um, uh because um, I, I say I'm seeking always the redemption of Christ. That means that I'm a practicing Catholic, and the Catholics, uh, since all Christians believe that the redemption of Christ was for the rest of us to to follow in in goodness and uh, uh, to acknowledge the sacredness of each other and ourselves, and. Um, so, to me, that is important, uh, but I don't seek it as a, say, a theologian. I seek it. I seek it as an artist who has a, 
a kind of a, a quirky outlook in life, even very, very serious things. And um, so if, if I say that this is, and I believe it, uh, myself as a dead clown, but it's imagined, I imagine myself as a clown in life because like everyone else, I think we're overwhelmed with life, overwhelmed with uh, the purpose of life, the mystery of life. And uh, we do what we can to seek um, knowledge of that, uh, to share the good things we find out about it through ourselves. And uh, it is a form of self-redemption, I feel, that if a person is, is good and a just person in life, that that's part of the job of being in life. And the mystery of life is uh, that we're all here in life is a mystery, the greatest mystery of all, and who made us uh, and why we were made and what our job in life, uh, in life is. And uh, that's what all this is, is about. Uh, and this photograph, myself as a dead clown, is the fact that I don't bang my head against the wall trying to find out or seek the meaning of life, I accept it. I, I'm overwhelmed with it in history and, and what people have done, good or bad, uh, and what the future may contain. <clears throat> so that when I actually uh, was photographing this corpse, I actually had sketches made of what I was going to do um, in relationship to the form of the corpse to make this image be what I said it should be. And it's, it basically is a kind of a, it mirrors myself as um, a, a person seeking redemption. And this, this, the cloth on the table itself is, um, looks like it's almost painted. You said you arranged the cloth in that way, but the markings all over the cloth, are those, is that scratching on the negative or something? It looks like there's there's ink or paint all over the the white it's scratching cloth. Scratching on the negative. It's scratching on the negative. <clears throat> Actually, I was I was getting so good at scratching the negative that I could basically scratch in different forms. It's like an kind of an art form in itself. It's a kind of a, a signature of scratching. It is. It is indeed, and. Uh... I, lo I love that that aspect of it as well. It's so painterly. And um, so the next image is called Still Life, Marseille, France, 1992. Um, okay, yeah, I'm on Yeah, that's 31 years ago. And I say that uh, the poet's head as a vase expresses the truth that all life is ephemeral. Yes, yes. And so a poet's head as a vase. Is this a, a poet's head or it's... it's uh, I mean, is this corpse actually a poet, or that's just the the, the sense of it, the the story behind it, that the poet's head, that this is right. a poet's head. The head itself is a real person's, a dead man's head, and that part of the brain uh, and skull was removed. And when I saw the head, uh, that expression, I was uh, I was intrigued. Uh, because it has an expression that is not quite a laugh, not quite a a kind of a, a thought that it's having. Uh, it's something that is it's remarkable, and and the uh, 
in front of the ear is a whiter a whiter looking skin that I think is very important uh, that was a given that that makes the face that makes the face uh pop out of of the the surface um and why the grain was removed that way i don't I don't know, but I, I like the specimen. And when I saw that, then I, I the next day, I, I guess I came back the next day to make the photograph. But um, it was profound to me when I saw the, the head, the specimen, and um, I made sketches about how I was going to <clears throat> pose it, position it, and what I needed. And I went out and uh, I borrowed the tray. I rented that. Uh, and I got all kinds of fruit and vegetables, etc. And the table was actually, it's a piece of marble, a slab, that I sat down first and put the head down, uh, then the still life stuff, the plate, etc., uh, the fruits around the head, and then the last thing I did was place the flowers uh, in the cavity of the head. And this is also in the um, a, a medical examiner's office or investigator's office? Right, right, yeah. yeah. Because it's once again, definitely. it looks like a, a completely controlled studio image. Well, because I'm good at that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, lit, I lit it with, with one light, uh, but there was light in, in the room, too, you know, where, mm-hmm. I, where I photographed this. And... Um, uh, the table was dark, and I printed it so that uh, the table is floating with everything on it. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful image. And, and you said this was used as the International Morticians Convention program cover, which is, which right. is very uh, interesting in itself, that it was used as the cover of a, of a program <laughs> for the International Morticians the Convention Mortis- in International Germany. International Morticians are, are German. And so, you know, it's always um, uh, interesting that the Germans, I don't know if the French would do that or the Italians, but um, it, it really is, is uh, unusual and almost funny to me that uh, International Morticians Convention in Germany um, uh, could do this. But, um, it, you know, it, it shows that... Um, um, it's life. It's a, a real still life. If I can make mm. that. <laughs> right. It's comical because everything about it is out of life. It's still, even the fruits, the vegetables, and whatever. Even the cloth, if you, you know, you can imagine like the cloth being made of something beforehand. Um, mm. I think it's a very elegant image. I think it's a uh, a kind of visual statement of the um, the mystery of life, uh, the, the, the fact that we all know at a, at a certain age that life is not permanent, that we're going to live to a certain time which we can't control unless we're a suicide, and, um, and we just have to accept that the mystery of the day-to-day Things that are part of life, love and uh, responsibility and uh, goodness. Uh, and that's why, uh, to me, the, uh, the form of the head 
there's a kind of laugh. He's laughing. Uh, the expression is, he's not sad. He's, uh, he's internalizing maybe the elements of life, even with his present state. And uh, I think that was a remarkable and lucky um, object for me uh, to be able to use. The fact that uh, the head is, or the brains are removed the way they are with part of the skull being shown and um, the severed head is a receptacle like a vase, I think it's, um, I think it's a poetic image. And any, anyone see, that sees horror in it, I think is missing the point completely because it's, it's a really, uh, the work I do is sophisticated visual stuff. Uh, there are elements that uh, can be shocking, but um, after the initial shock, I think uh, there's, there should be a ponderance uh, to the viewer that this represents a story. It's part of life. It's part of the mystery of life, uh, the joys and agonies of life. And it's presented uh, as a still life. Uh, and It's a still point that represents... Uh, the fantasies, the mystery of life, the goodness, the horror, because the, the head is cut. Um, and it, it's a very, very unique image. And if an artist doesn't make a unique image, one that's different from all other images, what's the point? Mm -hmm. So true, so true. Um, I want to talk about one more image we have here. This is our last image um, today, and it's called The Kiss. This was made in New Mexico in, in 1982, um, and, it, and it's right. a head that's um, cut lengthwise. Is that correct? Right, and it's, uh, the head was cut so that um, the inside view uh, of each part can be viewed. And it's a, it's a, a, a medical uh, object, uh, head of a dead man, you know, uh, but it's very, very strange that uh, you see all that kind of vis viscous and stuff. Uh, it looks as though it, the head was actually wrenched from the body. Uh, I didn't question that when I saw the, uh, the head and then the head was opened. You know, it, I realized that the head was cut in half. And when I saw that, I said, I'll come back, you know, I came back in a day or two to photograph that specimen. And I realized that it could be kissing itself. And that's how I posed them. I first put the background fabric down and uh, set up a light that I didn't turn on yet. wasn't necessary. And then um, put the heads together. And, of course, you don't see what's holding the heads up. Uh, in, in the, the back. But when that happened, uh, that represented to me uh, the inner workings of a person uh, and maybe the ego and the id of a person, uh, maybe uh, the good parts and the bad parts of a person, or it represents a thought process that's visualized. And um, I was... I. I Actually, I think about now when I put the two heads together, uh, they were leaning against an object you don't see in the photograph. That's not necessary. 
but it was necessary to hold the, the two heads together, uh, the two parts together. And uh, when that happened, uh, I was just amazed. I mean, the hair is very different. You know it's the same face. Uh, but it represents, you know, as I mentioned, the ego and the id, and represents the mystery of life. I can even, you know, jump, jump to that. Uh, I think it's a profoundly beautiful and mystical image. And I, I can see that people looking at it from where they're coming from uh, sometimes would be shocked. Uh, but if they get over that, I think it, it has symbolism that is very, very, very deep about who we are, what we are, what we do in life. Hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's uh, this is a beautiful one to end on, and I I so appreciated you talking about this today. Um, of all of this work, we've we've gone through 2007 with the, with the self portrait. I think was was the most recent of this work with with corpses. Was was there a point at which you stopped making images with corpses for for any particular reason? So I stopped making images of corpses about 2007. I. I thought that I had covered what I had to, you know, do as far as that kind of um, image making. Uh, I'll be 84 years old in a few days, and we'll be celebrating that in Ostend, uh, Belgium. I have a museum show there uh, that in a museum that was once Napoleon's fort. And then we go on to Barcelona for the annual... Uh, Kuros art event. And uh, that's going to be nice. Thanks so much for mentioning that. Joel, thank you for talking with me today. Okay, well, just uh, just that it's, uh, for me, it's a photographic muscle tough. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. <laughs>